Welcome to another episode of Dr. Dallas Unleashed. Thank you for joining us today. We actually have someone who hasn't been on the podcast before. It is April. Hi, guys. She's our scrub tech, and maybe you guys remember her from doing the OR and beyond on our Snapchat. So she's been on there before, but she is our surgical scrub tech. She helps us out in the operating room. Thank you for being here, April. No problem. I'm glad to be here, y'all. And we also have Amber here with us again. And uh, so we're just going to be chit-chatting a little bit. And uh, we kind of wanted to ask April, because she's our surgical tech, you know, people want to know, how did you get interested in doing something like that? And I know it's not a simple degree. You had to go to additional schooling for yes. that, right? Yeah, I had to How go does one do it? And how did you become interested in doing it? Well, I mean, I went to Colin College, and that's where I graduated from. Um, I originally wanted to do dental hygiene, but it has a lot of math and I suck at math. So I talked to her school counselor and they're like, but you do so good when you count all the sutures and you tell me I have exactly three instead of four fingers and toes work really well. Yeah. Multiplication (laughs) and stuff like that. Not so much. So I talked to the school counselor and was like, I still want to be in the medical field. I want to help people. I want to do all of that. So she was like, well, I have this surgical technology degree that I think would suit you really well. So I started gearing my degree toward that. And once I got in it, I fell in love, man. Nice. So, you know, uh, you said you went to Collin County, mm-hmm. and that was what a uh, a bachelor's degree, two year degree. I'm an associate of science. Okay, and then from there you can go to Scrub Technology School. Mm-hmm. And how long is school? Um, if you do all your basics and stuff first, just the program is about a year, year and a half long, depending on how long you take. So, okay. you know, someone's out there. I really hate math, and this sucks. I'm not going to have to do math in surgical technology school, no, right? Not at all. That's so what's like it. the hardest thing that you have to learn to do as you're going through school like that? Um, probably all of the terminology. So med term, I'd have three terms of med terminology. So that sucked. And then, of course, you have to take your microbiology, your anatomy, physiology, one and two. So you have to study the entire human body, just like anybody else in a medical program. Um, and then other than that, pharmacology. Pharmacology is hard. They have to learn that? Yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I yeah, thought that was, I you know, know that. because it's I not like you're all the instruments. That would be hard. We did. But instruments is easy because that's like, I don't know. That's just yeah. like memorization. Like once you get it down, you won't forget it. Yeah. Like I need the nipple cookie cutter. Yes. Like that's not too hard no. for yeah. us to remember. No. I need a uh, suture or needle. Those are all pretty easy. Mm-hmm. The pharmacology, though, even for me going through medical school, that was hard it stuff. Was hard. And it's not like you're injecting anything personally. So yeah. that's interesting that they. So it just means that you're much more, you know, well-rounded as doing that because at least you have the background to do all that stuff. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, they geared us toward at least for the call and college program. They geared you toward if you want to go to LVN versus RN, like you can keep pushing your degree. So they kind of got you other classes out of the way as well. Um, other than that I mean you do have medications on your back table so if I wasn't working in private practice and I was working at a hospital I would have a ton of other medications on my back table than we actually use here yeah so they want you to know what they're for how they use them that way when you hand them to the doctor you're not giving him something that can kill the patient right well, yeah. yeah that's important yeah leave the anthrax yeah. leave the anthrax <laughs> yeah. on the back <laughs> table. table don't touch it and uh yes yeah, so yes yeah, so I've never had any issues April's been great yeah. so we really she's been with us really since we started here yes. and uh, you know it's really important to have people that you trust in the operating room because you know when you work as a team and the same team is doing the same thing over and over I mean that's how we become really proficient at doing yes. it yeah. I think that's how we have great results uh, because it's not someone new you know the routine and we actually have you know quicker surgeries right Agree. can you totally. imagine someone who doesn't know what the nipple resizing cookie cutter would be they'd no. be staring and, at it forever yeah and so that one's kind of an easy one though it is yeah. i think even you could go in yeah, there and do I could that totally do towel it. clips yeah. 
Tau clips, clips are hard, like because you know you've asked yeah. other people for tau clips and they just kind of stare. Yeah, we call those torture devices torture because devices. they're like little pointy things and yeah, grab ow. the skin. But uh, no, that's great, and uh, we thank April for all her hard work. And if you didn't know, and probably no one know, I didn't know <laughs> this until she told me. But congratulations, seven, eight years of seven marriage. Seven years of marriage. Seven nice. years, and you just recently had your anniversary this weekend. Yeah, our anniversary was Saturday. And so um, it went hopefully good. Kind of, yeah. I heard you went out yeah, to went eat, right. but it, it went, went all right. It went all right. Well, so we well, used to go to. Do? We went to Fogo de Chao, but okay. our traditional anniversary restaurant is Rafane's Brazilian Steakhouse and okay. it closed down so Aww. we had to find a new spot we went to Fogo de Chao and it was alright we didn't really yeah. like it though so we're gonna try again <laughs> next year <laughs> maybe right. Texas Day cookie. yeah we are very picky yeah well you know I, I know what it's like I've been married what 11 years now 12 no, years 12, 12 years. years oh You've my goodness married 12 years and uh, <laughs> Amber how long have you been married 11 11 <laughs> Uh, and we all have kids, so we're yes. kind of all in the same boat when it comes to having kids and then also finding time to be with our significant others, right? Yeah. I mean, we all have doors in our bedrooms, but still, it doesn't mean the kids can't. Well, at least you're... I have a little you baby, have a little so yeah. when I put her down, she's good, man. I can go do whatever I want. You guys, your kids can come in your room. Yes. No, well, mine's 10, so she knows better. Yes. You're, you have the I have an eight-year-old, yeah, but you know, one. he could pick a lock if he needed to. What you know? about Nico? And Nico, the little Nico, one. You know what? He would just bang on the door really? like, well, who's killing mommy in there? <laughs> <laughs> so he would just bang on it. And then uh, Luke would, um, he would find a way to get in. Really? He'd so, be like, what's going on? I'm not even yeah. making noise. And you know, he'd like turn it. But you know, on most doors, you can put that little pin yes. in there. He would do that. No. Yeah. Yeah. So he could figure that out. So you have to be careful and, uh, you know, finding that time. You know, you have a little one, so yeah. you could probably just, you know, lock him in the crib or something. Yeah, I put fine. her down. When she goes down, so, she's down now. Yeah, but, London's easy. I'm like, I'm going to bed. It's time for you to go to bed. Yeah. Don't come in. <laughs> just call me if you need me. They they list she listens. She totally listens. Okay. You're lucky. Yeah. yeah. Well, she probably knows what happens no. in there. And like, yeah. God, no. <laughs> she's like, I don't ever want to walk in. She just uh -uh. listens. Only child, I guess. I wonder if they did walk in, would they be so traumatized seeing Mom and Dad, London, yes, you know, in that she's way. old enough to oh like remember God, and see everything. Mortified. Nico, probably not. Yeah. He'd probably be like, "Well, yeah. did you ever walk in on your parents?" No, I never. remember walking on my parents. I used to hear my parents disgusted. I oh. used to hear them too. Or I'd you, walk in and they'd you know, be like quickly move the covers. Really? Yeah, and they and they'd be like, what "But your parents are divorced too, though." They're divorced now. Yeah. yeah, my mom left my dad. They so didn't get divorced strange. until I was like eleven, though. See, I don't. You know, my my parents are divorced, and maybe it was just they were already not doing it back then you Maybe. know where as, as i could remember but you guys remember that stuff yeah, i don't I do. so yeah. well, the, my parents bedroom was above mine we had a two-story house and so it was oh. like ours and then there so i could yeah. hear them oh. that's so gross and my house london's room's way on the other side so i'm good <laughs> yeah my parents house is kind of like amber's is so our bedrooms are on one end their bedroom is on the other but they never they always forgot to freaking lock their door because yeah. they're tards oh, okay dear. so your anniversary you went out to dinner yes and then we went out to dinner and then came home and had a traditional married night <laughs> so wait well, are you like only on anniversary and birthdays no no okay by all mean, well for sure. certain things but by all means not for everything okay what um well you know you had told me something in particular that you know sometimes it may become routine and there's sometimes or you know someone's tired yeah and he, uh, amber i don't think you heard this one but no you told me something about grapefruiting yeah it's what like, does that mean so Say you want to get spicy with your spouse, but ladies, I know sometimes we are tired and we don't want to do things, but we still want to please them. So there's a method called grapefruiting. And what that is, oh my God, is scared. you'll take a grapefruit <laughs> and you cut both ends off. 
and then you core out a little bit of the middle and you heat it up for like five seconds in the microwave. Not too long because it can't be too hot. And then I can't even imagine. This is just one too much time and effort when you could have just went. No, to no, 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 no. And then and then you give them oral sex, but first you slide the grapefruit on, and then it feels like a vagina. So it's like a little bit of. It's just okay. a better way to foreplay before oh. you get into like the full situation. So you're just trying to take a little bit of the workload takes, off. Yes. But don't you, I mean, you're still having to manually yeah. do the yeah, you grapefruit. You just focus on the tip so it doesn't hurt your mouth so bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's, um, I need a drink. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could see how it that helps. It just takes a little bit of work out of it so that, you know. Yeah. And, and, and how does, you know, I, I'm a little bit older. Um, you're not that I old. Not, you're not that I have old. not heard of that. Where does where do you find out about? Did you um, have a friend? Is this a Facebook group? It was like, a Facebook thing that oh actually my. popped up. <laughs> yes, it was a Facebook video. And there was a woman and she literally like instructed you how to do it. And it works fantastic. Hmm. Wow. We don't have any grapefruits in the Foglia household. Yeah. And I would be very worried that, you know, uh, you fun. accidentally put it on like... <laughs> popcorn reheat so yes. it's like two it's minutes scolding hot and then it's you know it just becomes a big like burn situation no. um yeah how do you how much do you uh heat it up for like five seconds five seconds yeah it's not long it's just you, enough to make it so, not cold so do you wait, test so, it wait yeah your, you stick your finger okay. in it so in this whole time alex is laying in bed and you're like hold on i gotta go to the kitchen no this is like my grapefruit i have to put it in the mic that seems like so usually much work, we both right? take a shower right before yeah so it's like while he's in the shower because i start a shower and do everything for him so while he's in the shower i go do my thing and then by the time he's done it's like bam ready to get it on <laughs> Do you have yeah. to? Uh, <laughs> I can't. I'm sorry. Do you, do you put the, uh, the the heated up grapefruit like in a Tupperware container so it doesn't get too no. cold? No. Okay. Just take it in there. It's like, sweetie, uh, how much longer? About five seconds? Great. I'm right. Beep, boop, beep, beep. Yeah, microwave. Exactly. So, you know, speaking of trying to take a little bit more, you know, taking the effort out of what you have to do, you know, I've been reading a lot about these like robot sex dolls. Have you guys heard about those? Yes. yes. And you'll see a lot of like specials on those. I actually was just looking at. Um, they're of, expensive. They are very expensive. Some range. You can get some cheapo ones, but they're not great. But the, you know, really nice ones go from like 13 grand all the way up to like 125 no, grand. No, they do not. Yes, they do. The nice ones and the cheap ones are like $123. You know, I saw Whitney, you know Whitney Cummings. She's a yeah. comedian. Yes, yes. So she had a sex doll made after her. So it looks just like her. That's kind of And cool. has all the body parts. What? Uh, and it's got creepy. artificial intelligence too. So yeah. not only can you have sex with, let's say, a Whitney Cummings doll or whoever, it will talk to you. And I don't know how much it can talk to you. I don't think you could talk about politics or religion. No, it but it'll be like, how serious. are you? I am doing fine. You look <laughs> yeah. mighty good. Where is your grapefruit? <laughs> This is much too hot for me. Yeah, oh my! Exactly. You are so large. The more <laughs> you remember that uh, Friends episode when she said the numbers for each part of her body: a no. two, three, four, a five, yeah. two, a two, five, one, five, a seven, a seven, a seven, yes. a seven. <laughs> no. Oh, we have to. Amber, you, you are so. But I, I think the whole sex robot doll, it's it's very interesting because there are guys who make their whole, you know, companionship about these dolls. That's and you think really it's kind of weird. And I feel like these are lonely men. But when you hear them talk, I mean, it's like a real person. And they talk about how this doll 
can please them, how, you know, the doll doesn't talk back and there's no jealousy and she's there when she needs them. But it sounds really weird, doesn't it? Well, females do it too. So I did a little bit of research and females are now starting to do it because when they have sex with the sex doll, they're fully in control. So they don't have to like bow down to someone else, do what someone else wants. It's all them and they just live out their fantasy with the sex doll. I'm so different. I just think you should be comfortable enough with your spouse where you can try different things. Correct. I, just I like honestly he- think sex gets better as you're the older I get and the more I'm long, the longer I'm wish on because I'm more comfortable. And, and well, that's the other thing too with a sex robot. They're not moving, right? No. I mean, you like I'm thinking them. as a guy and the girl's sitting there. Weird, right? It's just sitting there, right? <laughs> Nothing's happening. It's, it's not like she's moving. Okay. Yes. Missionary style. Let's do doggy style you have to physically like pick, <laughs> pick up. her up and flip her over yeah. how, much do these how sexy weigh? Is... Oh, they're heavy it's like a like it's a like jet a fl- person. yeah yeah you it's see like these people they're, they're like, like really trying to no pick them up. yeah she's like pulling him and like struggling to get him into the bed in the first place no, that's too much I, effort I, I and i worry about the cleanliness thing because <laughs> oh you know God. there is there were these because there's so much that oftentimes these companies will rent them out but that was Ew. the issue was that how do you clean up their uh-uh. vaginal area because some guy's gonna spew their and oh how do you God, clean that is it like Alcohol. detachable i'm the, sure it like moves like you know I'm like sure a vibrating I'm portion sure you, yes. well if it's a hole how do you get in there and clean it i get what you're saying well like, there's how do toys you, that like come apart and yeah maybe the whole pelvis them. comes yeah. out probably i don't know yeah and maybe we shouldn't just make them Sell like a Dr. Dallas yes. version. Dr. People Dallas would totally buy Rejuvenation it. Body. Well, that'd be a little bit weird, it right? Be, like people buying me or buying Dr. Rejuvenation. No, 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 not like you all, but like we design them. Yeah, we like design them. Design oh. like, you know. We are not smart enough to design these <laughs> I don't know. Things. Dr. Wynn, that premium vagina, man. Yes. She makes them pretty already. That is true. Well, those are on real people, though. Right. So if they're on real people and she can make it on a doll and make it just perfect, like what is the perfect labia? What's the perfect vagina? Yeah, but I think, you know, that's aesthetically how it looks <laughs> on the inside. That's a yeah. whole different story. We're talking lubrication, how soft it is. When she's tightening the inside, she's literally just kind of placating like I would uh, rectus diastasis, right? Yeah, it's amazing. But, it, you know, how are you, you know, you have to think about all that stuff, how it feels, the lubrication. Um, maybe there is a vibrating mode to some of these sex robot I'm dolls. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. I don't so, make toys like that. And then I think even more strange is the women who like the dolls. It yes. almost seems like why not just use a vibrator? Or a dildo. It's or way something. cheaper than getting a whole person yes. attached to this vibrator. It, it, I don't know. I do. We talked about this earlier. I think yeah. a lot has to do with social media yeah. and just I don't know nowadays and everybody wanting the attention and people getting lone, lonely and not dating. I, I think there's just so much more to it than just a sex doll. Well, I think it's people are detached. So they're yeah. detached from social media, from Facebook, because they only see people on that, you know, very lifeless phone of theirs. So why make the yeah. effort to go make friends when you can just have this doll and never have to really leave your house and not try? But don't you think that would con- contribute to like loneliness? Yes. You know, yeah, just I think being, it's a type of depression. you know, you're not, you're not interacting with it. No. This doll cannot interact with you on no. a level that would understand like your feelings. Correct. And, you know, if you're feeling down 
or you're super happy. Um, And I think that goes along with some of the stuff we've been seeing about like Instagram and social media in general that, you know, this younger generation is so detached from the real world. We're seeing a huge increase in depression, uh, young adolescent, you know, females, mostly females, but males too, that are cutting each other uh, or cutting themselves, meaning they take knives and cut themselves. And that's a form of depression and just not being able to connect. And I think Instagram, Facebook, when that's all you interact with in your home, it can really make you detached, yeah. you know, from society. And these feelings of depression are pretty, mm-hmm. I think, overwhelming is Where what we're seeing. Our whole sense of self is wrapped in this, yeah. you know, online fantasy or facade of what people see yeah. of you. It's like we see all these happy families on Facebook. And then the next thing is, um, you know, the guy from Colorado who murdered his wife, pregnant wife and his daughters. Right. And all he had was happy family photos posted. Right. And everyone oh, was yeah. like, that's the last thing I would have expected. Right. Or these people get divorced. And you're like, what? They just posted a picture two weeks right. ago. They only post what they want you to see. Right. right. It's a facade. I don't feel like it's real. And then you have young girls who are posting pictures of themselves and then they compare themselves to other people who got so many, so many likes, likes and they only got, you know, 300 likes versus, you know, 500 to their peers. Mm-hmm. And that makes them feel bad about yep. themselves, even though they're probably beautiful and any guy would be lucky to have them but they feel really down on themselves because they didn't get as many likes as the other person Mm -hmm. which is really sad because they're basing a lot of their self-confidence and how they feel even if they feel really happy it's really based off of this kind of generic like oh i had so many likes i feel good about myself because other people say that I look good. And on the converse, they listen to all these people. I would call them like the trolls, you know, who say, oh, you you look like a heifer. Why are you doing that? Oh, you should not. You are way too old to be wearing a bikini. Yeah. I mean, that's just, it's terrible when that's what you are looking at to make yourself feel good. Yeah. Um, I think people should do one, like even plastic surgery or posting their photos of them in a bikini. It's because they feel good about themselves and they're getting their confidence back and not worry about what the other person thinks. Yeah, I think it's a really inter- interesting conversation because we do so much on social media, Instagram and Snapchat and Facebook. And, you know, at the same time, I, I sort of understand how this younger generation, they'll look at these pictures and feel like, you know, this is what I need to look like. Yeah. But you know what? I'm the one who put implants in this person. I did a tummy tuck and they look good because they've had work done. Yeah. But they might show themselves as being like, I just worked out really hard and oh, they have yeah. no idea that they had no this sort clue. of work. Yeah. There's a huge and they feel stigma. bad about themselves like, well, I don't look like that naturally. And I don't know. I just think we need to be a lot more transparent. And Agree. I think filters and those sorts of things really make it worse. Yeah. You know? Or people who have had plastic surgery but then deny it. Like, no, right. I've had no work done to my body whatsoever. Right. Just being honest. Yeah. No one's and honest with one right. another anymore. And you see all these Instagram models and their filters make them look amazing. Amazing. There's Facetune now. Yeah. You can do anything oh, you yeah. want. But if I could give myself a rhinoplasty if I wanted yeah. to. Yeah. And then, you know, I've been to like YouTube pages that will show like the real picture of these yes. people. Uh, just outside of them just taking that selfie, right? Yeah. And they stand perfectly to make their butt look really yes. good. Oh, yeah, or they're sucking the they're sucking in their tummy and they look really flat. And then like two seconds later, you know, a paparazzi might yeah. catch them and it they have a normal belly mm-hmm. and a little bit of mm-hmm. a pudge. They uh, Their faces do not look the way, you know, the happy um, dog face, the cute dog <laughs> face that has on um, Snapchat. Yeah. So, yeah, I Best think filter. I think it's a, a big thing. We just need to be careful. And, you know, it's our job, too, as an office to tell people, hey, these people aren't real. I can make you look much better, but we can't make you look like that particular person's butt or their lips. So to have yeah. realistic expectations. Yeah, yeah. But I can understand and see how it could be real lonely. So I, you know, and I think we all face that with our children, right? 
that um, we don't want them to be in that situation where my sons, Lukey, Nico, feel they're, they're competing with how they look by other dudes on Instagram or how many girls that they have because they look a certain way or do certain things. So. Yeah. I will say from, you know, I have a daughter. I've been in, in the plastic surgery industry for almost 15 years. So she, grown, she grew up knowing Botox and, you know, breast implants. So I always have to be honest with her and talk to her because I don't want her to think that she has to it. do that. I always tell her, you know, people, you get older, you have kids, your body changes, and you want to do it for you and confidence. So I have to instill that in her because she's really very well aware of it. Yeah. Especially being in this industry. Yeah. I think limiting a child's social media. So I, I think there's a specific age when a child should be even allowed to have a social media. Yeah. So often now you look at these like eight year olds who are on Instagram, Facebook, all of that to communicate with their friends. When as a parent, that's my job to limit that. They're not, I don't feel personally an eight year old mm -hmm. is capable or mentally stable enough to handle the backlash that might come from when they post yeah. things. And then when, when they get phones and let's say that first person in their class gets a phone then yep. everybody feels Has like, so it feels like it's getting younger and yeah, younger. The sure. six year old will have a phone. Yes. So everybody else wants it. Um, Joe Rogan was saying something about, you know, a lot of schools, maybe in Southern California, there's this movement called wait till eight, mm -hmm. which I even think, you know, the wait till eight till you get your phone. But even then I think that's way too I early. Too, but yeah. can you imagine if there's a movement just to wait till eight? Yeah, that means kids nuts. are having phones way earlier. That's nuts yeah, to me. It's I mean, crazy. I got a, I was young. I think I was 12 when I got a phone. Holy but shit. My yeah, parents had just divorced. Like, yeah. so my parents had just divorced. So me and my brother actually shared a phone and it was to communicate back and forth with our parents just to, you know, say, hey, mom hasn't picked me up yet. Are you picking me up? Yeah. That kind of thing. Now, my little sister is just now 12. She's had a phone since she was like seven. And yeah. her, my, my mom and my stepdad are still together. They just got her a phone because everyone else in her class had a phone and she was bugging them about it. Yeah. yeah, I think it's hard when other people in the class get it. Yeah. So. It is hard. But yeah. speaking of surgery and being mature, what about this whole incident with the breast implants and the recall? Oh, I think yeah. that's why you need to be at a certain age to make that decision because there's so many risks that can happen. Yeah, so, you know, uh, Allergan, which is one of the major producers of implants in the United States, uh, produces smooth silicone implants and textured uh, textured implants. And it's a textured implants that we've been seeing across the world that when we talk about this illness, or not illness, mm -hmm. this cancer that's called breast implant-associated anaplastic large cell lymphoma. So it's a really big word, but basically it's a type of lymphoma that's being caused. They think it's being caused because of the textured uh, implants that's irritating the capsule. And then you get this sort of weird uh, immunoreaction in the body starts, you know, really kind of putting all these inflammatory cells and lo and behold, you get this transformation and you get this lymphoma. Um, so uh, in Europe, it first happened over there where the French uh, Society of, you know, cosmetic surgery decided to remove them off the market. Yeah, completely. Completely because they were starting to, to really, they didn't want to get into more and more people being diagnosed and they didn't do anything with it. Mm -hmm. So they were pretty, I think, forward thinking about it, even yeah. though it's a very low, low incidence of it. So, you know, worldwide, it's around 500, uh, 600 cases worldwide. So when you really look at that with all the women who have it, it's a very low percentage. It's still and probably you have to have textured, not correct not correct. smooth so out of out of everyone that has just textured implants yes so it's only it's only ever been associated with textured implants and um you know the the i guess 
you know, there's a silver lining. If you happen to develop it, there's a very good prognosis because these things are very indolent or Mm -hmm. slow growing. Mm -hmm. So you have a textured implant. How would that person know? So basically it's a swelling in the breast because what happens is you get this fluid or seroma that forms around the implant itself. So as a patient, what you would see is that one breast appears much larger. So that's the thing. They'll come into the plastic surgeon and say, you know what? One breast looks much larger. And that should be the clue to the plastic surgeon. Like, Hey, there's something weird going on to start the workup, you know, see if it's fluid. If it is, you really need to do some sort of, you know, biopsy, Mm -hmm. take that fluid and send it to pathology. And it typically occur occurs, not, you know, like a year or two years, but usually eight to 10 years after the implant. So it's a long time. So, um, you know, obviously anytime we put something in the body and there's a small chance, there's always this fear and I completely understand it, but there is a very low risk. And I think, you know, Canada was the next to follow to pull off market and the United States is the the third to follow. And I think it was a good idea because you know what, let's just figure this problem out, figure out what the texturing process and, you know, is it a certain type of texture? Let's figure that out before we start putting more of these in there. Um, so the question is, what do you do if you have textured implants, yeah. right? We, I'm sure we've gotten phone calls and we, we have. have. We have. And so uh, I've heard that we've gotten phone calls. So currently our FDA recommends, um, does not recommend leaving them in place, that it's such a low incidence that just surveillance and uh, speaking with your plastic surgeon about mm-hmm. any changes right. is the way to go. Uh, if you are uncomfortable with having textured implants, mm-hmm. meaning you got it, you're just not sure, uh, you don't even like that less than 1% chance, you can get them removed and replaced. And I understand that Allergan is you know, yes. covering the cost for the replacement of the implants. Correct. Not the surgery itself, just the, just the cost of the implants. Just right. the implants. So um, I think that's a great thing. And that was probably uh, the right thing to do on their Agreed. part. Um, but yes, yeah, so they'll pay for the exchange to smooth implants. And there's never been an, uh, a case of, you know, this lymphoma with smooth implants. Nope. Not so yet. there's something that's going on with, with the, the textured texture. implants. Interesting. Well, um, a lot of people think it's because the grip on the texture holds bacteria. So when that capsule is formed, that bacteria then turns into the cancer. Well, I think that that case is probably a little bit more towards the capsular contracture, contracture which is it. a little yes. bit different than the cancer because, um, you know, there is the thought that there's a biofilm yes. and that it can attach to the implant and then the, the crevices and the texture allow it to stick a little bit better. Um, but then that's where, you know, you get that hard, tough tissue, which is a capsular contracture. Um, but that happens, you know, maybe Normally. in the first year, maybe five years down the road, but this texturing in lymphoma seems to be a little bit of a different process, you know, because you don't have to have a capsular contracture, Correct. uh, to have the lymphoma. Mm-hmm. It just happens. So, um, but yes, these are all things that are important for us to, to know about yes. and explain to the patients myself. I don't use textured implants anymore. No. Um, we used to back in the day and we haven't done yeah. it. Yeah. And while. it's not like we used a lot of them. Yeah. Um, Only in specific cases. Yeah. More for like breast recons, I feel like. Yes. Breast yeah. reconstructions where someone had no breast tissue yes. and uh, really there was no support other than the skin. You kind of like the idea of a textured implant to kind of hold its place. And, um, you know, uh, that was pretty much why we used it for yeah. that textured Velcro effect. Um, but now you can't even use it in breast reconstruction. So it's mm-hmm. all smooth. Uh, I think for the better. Mm-hmm. And while they kind of figure out, you know, 
uh, is it a very aggressive texturing because Allergan has very aggressive meaning it's, it's the most kind of gritty mm-hmm. as opposed to like Mentor or and Sientra, which has a little bit less kind of a softer texturization. So I think it's this real aggressive texture that's causing it. So. Have Mentor and Sientra taken theirs off the market? No, but I think the FDA's taken a close, close look. look. Yeah. And trust me, if there's a case that comes up and their name is on it, um, they're going to have to, most of these companies are pretty proactive and will, will say, Hey, I'm going to pull it off the market before the FDA tells them. That's bad. Yeah. yeah. So there's Allergan, Mentor, Sientra are probably the biggest, um, implant companies in the United States, in the United mm-hmm. States yeah. who offer, um, textured implants. Yeah. Textured implants. And you know, um, we saw a lot of the textured implants mostly with the shaped implants, yes. right? The teardrop implants, because those teardrop, you know, if you think about it, if they turned upside down, it would look funny, right? Yeah. You don't want an upside down breast because all that volume's on one side. So that was the whole reason between texturing to kind of prevent it from slipping around. Now, you know, there's not even availability of uh, shaped implants, yeah. at least from Allergan's perspective. Not that a lot of people were using them, yeah, no. but now if you wanted a shaped implant, that's it's not available unless you use some of the other companies. Correct. Yeah. Well, I think in the United States, everyone wants that high upper pole. So the teardrop are really for specific people who wanted that anatomical look yeah. which unfortunately we right. don't really want here yeah not in texas not in least. texas we want the you know the big but yeah the go big titties. yeah go big or go home yeah the higher they are the higher you are yeah. jesus yeah so but you know i think this is also because there's this other thing that people have been talking about this uh breast you know breast silicone associated illness that uh, I think got a lot of traction when this particular paper came out and I don't know exactly where it came out but it was talking about these women who just had implants in general silicone texture whatever it is and they were having other issues with like they would say stuff like from fatigue to brain fog to sometimes a rash, but a lot of it was kind of these, you know, almost psychological issues. Yeah, like I heard weird coughs, backaches, right. headaches all the time, migraines, didn't know where they were coming from. Right. So now the movement is to get them removed completely. Just take out your implants. Yeah. And then they're feeling better all of a sudden? Yeah, it's like yeah. instantaneous. I don't, I don't know how... Yeah, I, you know, on that? well, there, there's a lot of papers that kind of show there's no evidence to suggest that just a silicone implant in the body isn't going to cause someone to have, you know, like a faulty memory or for be forgetful or have, you know, um, some of the other things that you were talking about. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's maybe a placebo type thing mm, where if yeah. they really think it's happening to them. Well, a pl- placebo effect, when it's real, it's real to you. So mm-hmm. I don't doubt that these people might be having these things, yeah. but it's really hard to say, you know, the implant is directly the cause of it. Meaning there are plenty of women out there who have implants that don't have any of these issues. Yeah. Right. And I think the data proves that, you know, there is no correlation between the two. So if it is happening and it is happening to you and you don't feel good about it, it's okay to get the implant out. Totally. Um, because you know, obviously you don't want something in there that you believe is causing these things. And I'll tell you when you remove it and they feel better, even if it's placebo, that's still the real thing to that person. So I think that's, um, you know, we might be saying the evidence suggests that it's not real, but when it happens to that person, I'm happy to remove the implant, you know? Now, if a person wanted to remove their implant, how do you feel it changes their look of their breast after they've gone from no implant to implant now, no implant again? I feel like mentally that's kind of a little much, especially for women having breasts and then Mm -hmm. not having them. Yeah. Yeah. I think it just depends on the person and kind of, 
you know, we've had women who are a little bit older who had really big implants for a long time and they're just tired of it. They yes. don't want to deal with these heavy breasts. And for them, removing the implants, not really a big deal. They don't mind going to work and being like a triple D and then all of a sudden they're back to a B cup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They just want to feel better and not have that back pain maybe that's associated with the heavy implants. Um, you may have some loose skin that may require some sort of breast lift because the skin's been stretched, but psychologically the patient doesn't care. Now I've had some women, we talk about removing the implants, but they're like, you know what? I don't want to go to work. And all of a sudden everyone's looking at me because I'm so much smaller. So, uh, yes, I think it depends on the person. Um, but you know, if, if it's an issue that they're having, then I guess they just had to come to grips that they're going to look different, obviously. And then, um, you also have to assess the skin is the skin's really stretched out. Um, then yes, you may need a lift if it's not really stretched out and there's not a lot of, let's say stretch marks and there's not a lot of ptosis, then I feel pretty confident that you remove the implant and the breast will look pretty good. Yeah. Does it contract back into where closer or similar to what it was before you had an implant? I think a good example, if it's someone young who doesn't have real big implants and the skin's really good, it will, you know, kind of contract back. A A good example of someone who would not contract back is let's say a massive weight loss patient Mm -hmm. who lost over a hundred pounds and that skin's real thin, there's Mm -hmm. stretch marks. You remove that implant guaranteed wherever that skin was, it's going to stay loose and they most definitely will need a breast lift. So that's, that's a good question. Uh, But that's where I come in to kind of tell them, listen, we need to do a breast lift at the same time. Or, you know what, let's just remove it. You'll be good. And, um, you know, but that's just kind of uh, on a discussion during a consultation that I have with the patients who want to do that. So, yeah, I think that's a, a big thing. We, get, we hear that a lot with patients asking about, you know, this breast associated illness, which is different from the texturization and lymphoma. Yes. Um, you know, that's textured implants. We don't offer those here, you know, at our particular office. But this illness where they're having some, you know, some of the things that you were talking about. What were they just to remind people one um, more time? It was like headache, uh, massive headaches, um, people who had migraines who never really had them before back aches, um, sharpshooting pains in their breasts, like randomly, nipple pains, things like that. Yeah, I have it here, right here. It says, uh, people who identify with a variety of symptoms, including but not excluding fatigue, chest pain, hair loss, headaches, chills, photosensitivity, chronic pain, rash, body odor, Mm -hmm. anxiety, brain fog, sleep disturbance, depression, neurologic issues, and hormonal issues. I mean, that's a big bucket list of stuff. That's actually really scary. Yeah. But... It's okay to do smooth implants, right? Well, so no, this just has to do just with implants with in general. Just te- this is like uh, the no, this ones is different. that Oh, this is the okay. Yeah. And this is just not the yeah. okay. Gotcha. So, so this is good that. because that's where people get confused a little bit. This just has to do with implants in yeah. general. In general, and people saying like, "I have this breast implant illness, uh, and it's textured, so it's just having something in your body." Period. That your yeah. body's not used to. Right. Yeah. But the evidence does show that there's really nothing that links it. But again, like I said, if it's real to the patient. Let's remove it yeah. because, yeah. you know, they're going to keep having that. Uh, but the yes, the cancer part is a textured implant gotcha. that the person might not have any symptoms mm-hmm. unless they have a asymmetry, right? The seroma, the fluid filled. That's when you should talk to your doctor. The doctor should then do some, um, you know, follow up, but definitely need to get a biopsy of the fluid. Yes. And that fluid has to go to a pathologist who looks at those cells, not just for cultures, but they need to see those lymphoma cells. Yeah. If this were to happen again, it's less than, you know, 1%, you have a great prognosis. So even if it's, you know, it sounds scary, people are going to do great with it because the only thing you have to do is remove the implant, remove the capsule, and that's typically a cure. Mm-hmm. Right? Awesome. A wash that's out. Yeah. yeah. So that's how, that's how easy it is now obviously you're going to get a workup to make sure there's nothing in the lymph nodes but 
you know, people who get this, you know, diagnose, I believe it's over 90% have a complete cure with that. So yeah. even if that 1% happens to you, know that, you know, there's a very good prognosis. Now you say fluid, right? We're testing the fluid. We send that off to pathology. How are you taking that fluid? Are you taking it in office? Are you taking it in surgery when they're yeah. already removing their implants? Like how does that work? So typically if you see that now that we have so much more information mm -hmm. and plastic surgeons know, I think it's just your duty to probably go back and uh, take the implant out, take the capsule out, get that fluid, get it tested. I mean, you could probably go the route where you go to a radiologist and ask them to do a fine needle aspiration, but oftentimes radiologists are a little bit scared to do it because they don't want to pop the implant, yeah. right? Because yeah. then they feel it's their fault. So if you find someone who's really comfortable doing it, or maybe as a surgeon, you can do it yourself. Um, but I think the easiest and probably, you know, most efficient is to go back to the operating room and just treat it as such. Yeah. And, and hopefully you can exclude it and be negative, but you know, um, just going to the operating room seemed like it'd be the quickest. Yeah. So, awesome. but, um, but yeah, that was a good talk. I think it's important for everybody who's listening to understand those two differences yes. and then understand that if you have a sex doll that <laughs> you can get a guy or a girl and, um, uh, but like they're not going to talk to you like no. your, your Sean's of the world and your no. Alex's and your doctor no. rejuvenations. I still think that there's a long way before robots take over. I agree. Um, and I don't think it'll be in our lifetime. No. And I don't think me personally, I, that doesn't seem really appealing to me. I'm not I attracted think so to that. Either. I think there's something so, I don't know, special about another person's like touch and their emotion. Right. And that's like looking into someone's eyes yes. or them yeah. touching you and or giving warm, feedback. Like yeah. Like a fake plastic doll. Right. Not I mean, cause you blanket. want that feedback of a woman being like, you know, she's enjoying oh, it. I'm yeah. sure the robot goes, Oh, oh that is awesome. <laughs> Hit that one more time, baby. <laughs> But, you know, you know, that's uh, you're going to get a robot voice doing that. It doesn't yeah, sound super, super sexy. Weird. So anyways, we can certainly talk about that a lot yes. more. But that's it for episode four yes. of the Dr. Dallas Unleashed. Thank you, April, for coming. Yes. Thanks for having me, guys. Did you Thanks. have a good time? I did. I did. OK, oh, well, we're going to have you again yes. so you can give us your input on some other things. I'm sure we'll uh, come up with topics. Maybe she can give us some other tips. Oh, yeah. Lord. Maybe there'll be a watermelon in someone's oh, future. Yeah. Sorry, babe. Watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. Uh, what if um, that is kind of embarrassing too, right? Like what? grapefruit. Uh, oh, sorry, yeah, babe. Does We're he gonna know have you're to talking about this. He knows. No, but what if someone? I'm not saying anybody. Sean does. listens, and Sean heard that I called what him bald a, last week, and he's like, "Oh, anyway." Oh dear. Oh, what if someone's got a small pee pee and they have to do yeah. a? You could uh, do other wait, no, like no, a no, peach no, or a plum <laughs> or, <laughs> or like a little cutie. A <laughs> or they can have the surgery. What's that? They can have oh, the surgery. surgery. Yeah. Surgery to enlarge it. Yes. Male um, enhancement. That's a thing. Yeah, but... We don't do yeah, it here. We don't do that. And uh, that's there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. I think that's a big jump for, for men. But anyways, <laughs> um, definitely something we can talk, talk about next yes. time. But thank you, everybody. Thanks, thank guys. you, Amber, for joining yes. us. And uh, we'll see you guys on the next podcast. This is Dr. Nahara for Dr. Dallas Unleashed. Hey y'all, it's Angelica. Follow us on Snapchat and Instagram at Real Dr. Dallas.